1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Wrapping up here on take command two final buckets, Logan, that we have talked about throughout the show that we're now going to dive into. We'll get to how the current roster lines up with Quinn and kind of what we think he will do with it in a moment. But any final thoughts on the process? Right, there was lots of consternation throughout, lots of ups and downs, lots of interviews, and then ultimately, you know, a lot of a lot of momentum in the media towards Ben Johnson uh, in certain circles. While yet other very plugged in, I would say the most plugged in people, being like, hold on, like let's yeah. let's settle down. Uh, Johnson yeah. pulls out. McDonald goes to Seattle. Ultimately, they get Quinn, but he's the last guy, and they're the la- well, I should say they're the last team to make the hire. Um, any, any worries on how that all went down and how we landed here, even if I think both of us see this as something that very much potentially yeah. could work if some of the, the key questions we've laid out are answered in the right ways.
3: Honestly, I don't really have that big of a concern about it. And I think the reason I say that is because just when you talk again, when you talk to people who were plugged in, this wasn't like a one horse race. It wasn't like the Ben Johnson race. Um, it was apparently again, and this is from, I'm getting this secondhand from people. And this was consistent through all the people that I talked to. It wasn't like Ben Johnson. It was like, they're all pretty close and they all had kind of their warts. They all kind of had their issues. And the, uh, the, the, the committee had reservations about guys, you know, that I think the people weren't, uh, uh, you know, the public wasn't necessarily aware of. So again, like to me, this is, they did their due diligence Ben Johnson, no one got Ben Johnson, right? No one got Bobby Slowick. They both went back to their respective teams. Um, McDonald, well, I think they, you know, there was—he's very, very talented. I didn't talk to anybody familiar with the process, but people that I know in Baltimore, and they were like, you know, he does come across sometimes as a young guy. So maybe, in terms of just me totally, uh, con- this is total conjecture. Maybe they didn't think he was ready. I don't yeah. know. But and by the way,
2: Josh Harris has a long history of hiring experienced coaches, or at least right. guys that have been like. You know, his first hire in Philly for the Sixers was Brett Brown, long-time Greg Popovich assistant, not right. young hotshot assistant.
3: Right. And so I think, again, like, it, while while that name, while the McDonald name is is kind, was kind of the the attractive name of the process, in addition to the Ben Johnson name, like, there, I don't think there was like this, def- there there were issues, right? There's an issue anytime you hire a young coach, a guy that's never done it before. And I do think that it was probably close. And so I think, like, ultimately, when it settles, like, I think they're very happy with the hire. I think it's their guy. I think they feel good about it, but I don't think it was this this crazy, like, oh, Ben Johnson or bust. Ben Johnson was head and shoulders above the other, other candidates from an interview process standpoint. I think it was a little bit more connected than people think. And all I know is that if if I'm if I'm Adam, and again, this is total conjecture, like I have a great resource about Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Like they just do. They know each other really well. Uh, Kyle has a lot of respect for Dan, so if I if I go to my a guy that I have a lot of respect for, if I'm at him and I talk to Kyle, and I talk to other people around the league. Like there's not there's nothing bad anyone's going to say about Dan. Like at at the Senior Bowl, right? They were doing a mic'd up segment and they had the camera on him, and we can't hear anything he's saying. But during the practice, everybody is coming up to him and dapping him up and saying congratulations about that. You know, because I got to talk to him afterwards. He's like, oh yeah, everyone's really excited about the hire. So I, again. Dan's well-respected around the league. People have a lot of, like, this, This fee, again, there's not, as long as you think about it as not like a one-horse deal, I think it makes a little bit more sense about why this is okay. And I and I, and I genuinely think that's how the process went.
2: No, I agree. And I think that because we see it from the Washington side, we have burgundy and gold-colored glasses on. And right. in this case, I, I say that phrase to say, your timeline is you looked out at your watch through your burgundy and gold-colored glasses, it's going to look very different than it looked from the outside in a more neutral, uh, objective point of view. Right. Uh, nevertheless, a Detroit Lions blue uh, tinted glass, which is really Ben Johnson. Like, I, is it optimal what happened with him? Absolutely not. Right. Um, you know, he, text, sending a text while, while the, the interviewers are on the plane to come to get you, or to come interview you, I should say, is not ideal. But that happened less than 48 hours after he lost a playoff game. Right. There there's not a ton of time for him to consider. And I he was probably like, you know, I kind of want to see how the things go with Detroit. And he was apparently pretty clear about that, telling people he was going to be very selective and that he might go back. Like he's just a different dude. Yeah. And I, I don't right. think in a bad way. Like I think no. ultimately this will serve him well, uh, and wherever he goes. But he really did want to go back. And uh, once there was unfinished business and Sunday he loses, Monday is locker clean out day, and he's probably thinking long and hard about it. Uh, does all his exit interviews uh, with his players, goes home, calls his agent. They're probably like, hey, sleep on it. By the time he wakes up the next morning and they they ultimately make their final call, the commanders are on the plane. Like, there's just not a lot of time there. Yeah. So, that part doesn't really bother me as much as I think it bothers a lot of people. And then, you know, the reality and, and ultimately, is. ultimately, I would say, yeah. like, you don't want a guy who's, if I'm the commanders, I'm grateful that he did yes. that. Yes. Because I don't uh, want a guy. 100%. Who's, I don't want a guy who's half in and half out. Want a guy who's I in. don't want a guy who's doing it because we're going to pay him fifteen million dollars. Right. Correct. I want a guy who's like this. Is, I'm psyched. Let's go. Yes, let's do and, it. And and there's a lot of guys. I've said this a couple of times over the last few days on the radio. There's a lot of guys in the NFL who would just take the money and figure it out. um, and convince themselves until they're three years in, they suck at it and they realize they were never all in in the first place. And then they're giving an interview seven years later. And like, I never should have taken that job. Like you don't want that Ben Johnson saved you from that. You should be grateful. That's not a negative reflection. That's a positive reflection, even if it was messy. Um, but then there's also the reality of the timing of who else they were interviewing. And Kyle talked about this with me yesterday on the radio. And I'm sure he's talked about on his podcast, uh, as well. Uh, but, because Aaron Glenn and Anthony Weaver were serious candidates for them, they needed to wait to interview them. And right. also, they were treating that pos- process seriously in terms of the Rooney rule. Like They were yeah. like, these are real candidates for us. This is not us checking boxes and BSing a very important part of the hiring process. Right. These are real candidates for us, and we might hire them. So we're not just going to go interview two other uh, minorities outside the organization to box check and, and rub everybody's face in it and then go hire Dan Quinn. No, we got we want to see what Anthony Weaver is and we want to see what Aaron Glenn is and those guys weren't available and ultimately they interviewed those guys on what, Monday and Tuesday and mm-hmm. they make a hire by Thursday. Like that ain't that long right. uh, to, in terms of a wait. It just felt extremely long because we on the Washington side have been in this for a long time. So I think right. once you kind of step out of the Washington box, you put a little perspective on it. Yes, they were last. Yes, it was unfortunate that they had to wait the end to, to interview and ultimately make a hire because I do think it costs you a shot at Raheem Morris, but Ra picks Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Ra could have said, Hey, you guys really like me. I'm going to wait it out. And Atlanta would have to sweat it out along with Washington and Seattle, but they land here all as well. They got, they got someone who was very much at the top of their list. Um, last but not least, uh, and we can, we'll dive more into this. Uh, in depth, maybe on the next show, next couple of shows, obviously uh, coming up early next week, we'll do a full senior bowl recap. That will be our next podcast, as well as a reaction to uh, Dan Quinn's introductory press conference. But uh, Logan, any early thoughts on DQ, this defense, what he's likely to bring principle wise and, and the roster as it stands right now?
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
3: Yeah, I mean, uh it's really early obviously. Um and just looking at what he did when he was in Dallas, I think, you know, there's a lot of guys that in that system that are very position flexible. So, I look at like the Cam Curls, the Percy Butlers, obviously Cam Curls a free agent, but um, you know, Forrest, these these safeties that are physical they can be run players that can also cover okay. I think that gives some kind of again flexibility to what he does. I think Benjamin St. Juice from a height, weight, length standpoint is going to be significantly more productive in this system. Could you
2: imagine if Dan Quinn and that staff could teach him ball skills? That would be
3: cool. Yeah, no, I think, and so that's something that sticks out to me too. It's like, this is where I think you see, I've brought this up before, but like this old adage, that there's only four players on a team that are scheme agnostic. I think the scheme will elevate a lot of these guys you know and again there there still is a deficiency in talent you need edge rushers you probably need some more linebackers to play some good football because look at the linebackers that he's had over the course of his career they're all very good but um i think there's some there's some excitement for me kendall fuller i think would be excellent in a cover two cover three sprinkling in a little bit of man's type of scheme you know cover six scheme so um, and I think when you get a coach like um, what's his name, the the defensive back coach from Dallas, uh, Al Harris. It? Al Harris. When you get a guy in there who's obviously shown a great proclivity for communicating and done it, has the experience. I, I think that's going to really elevate that group. So while that group yeah. looked like a looked like a hot mess at points last year, I think this is where you see the importance of coaching, the importance of scheme, and the importance of communication from those coaches if they get the right guys in those positions.
2: yeah. so the the what I'm most intrigued by my first initial look is Quinn's defenses have the issues they've run into have been often because they're light up the middle. Like yeah. they're thin through the spine. This team is not thin through the right. yeah. Um, This team has John Allen and Deron Payne and Jamin Davis up the middle, at least for next year. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious if Quinn sticks with that and, or does you know, they look to trade Allen? Like, we'll see, obviously, uh, Who knows? Maybe we'll learn a lot more tonight. Uh, We have our 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 live event. John Allen is our special guest, and you're damn sure that he's going to be asked about it uh, by either a a drunk or sober radio host of some kind uh, (laughs) at that point in the evening, uh, as we'll be on stage, off air, and completely uncensored. Everyone hold on to your butts. Um, But I, I think that 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 personnel mix match is really interesting because I do think that's probably when you talk about Quinn being a guy who learns from mistakes and is, is kind of always introspective. Like I think he knows that was a problem after the Green Bay game. Yeah, I mean and they
3: tried to address it though. You know they tried. Yeah, Mozzie Smith was Smith. supposed to be
2: the guy, and apparently he was a lot smaller and played a lot smaller than than uh, they thought when they watched him on tape at Michigan.
3: No, yeah, and I think so. Again, I think he's aware of those things, and again, that's where the personnel stuff comes in. That's where you got to say, hey, this guy is actually. You know, like we just came back from the senior bowl. There's the guy Tremontee Sweat down there, right? He's, you know, he didn't weigh in because he was so big. But like, <laughs> is that is that a decision you make to kind of add to that rotation? Uh, you know, you have John Ridgeway, you have pieces you have there. Big Phil, yeah, Big Phil. You've got some pieces that you feel good about, but, um, you know, like, does that change how he calls a defense? I would assume yes. You know, because he kind of a lot of the stuff he does on third down is getting kind of those tweener guys, those big like bigger defensive ends to play defensive tackle, those smaller rush linebackers so you can run kind of pseudo blitzes and overloads just with the front four so again I I think there are some you got to have some additional pieces there for sure to make that work but I do I do think there that the defensive tackle personnel here is unique kind of more similar to what he had in Seattle because I think people forget like that defensive interior was very very physical and they were big and I think like this kind of harkens back to that and obviously now you need to get some edge pieces you need to get some depth at linebacker you need to kind of and that that's why this is this job is tough I think too because there's a lot of pieces that need to be added to make this thing go and cook and that's why um Adam's making a lot of money right because this this is gonna be a tough deal and I think uh but I do think that you've got you've got some you've got a skeleton here that you kind of say oh well like if we get a Let's say we add a good edge rusher in the draft. Let's say we are or edge rusher in free agency. We pick one up in the draft. We got a linebacker we like, just a rotational kind of depth guy that can get us all on the same page. You know, maybe the 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 the, the scope of the defense feels a little bit different going For into sure. the next season. And
2: hey, if Forbes becomes the playmaker he was drafted to be, right? Um, but that to me yeah. is like the most exciting guy with terms of fit is Cover you got three, Yeah, uh, you got the well just. You got the coach and the coaches who have created the best turnover creating corners in the league the last couple of years. Great point. And one of the best guys that we've ever seen do it at the college level who was uh, just heinously poorly coached as a rookie. Um, So let's see what he can do in year two all right much more on this obviously to come uh much more on logan's trip to the senior bowl we are going to get very draft heavy very quickly with this coaching search wrapping up we'll talk about the coordinators as they get in film studies the whole deal you know how we do here on take command unless you're new and well that's what we do here at take command and you should subscribe to our podcast so you do not miss any bit of this golden analysis. Uh, I will see you guys later on today. If you're listening on Friday, uh, for the Hoffman show four to seven on the team Nine Eighty, including a visit from the man who has called more Cowboys games on television than anyone the last three years, Kevin Burkhardt, the play by play voice for Fox. Um, the, uh, the lead play-by-play voice, he will join me. Uh, my boy, Clint Yates, will join me on a Friday. Uh, and we'll see who else stops by as well as uh, the crew shows up there at the Bethesda Theater ahead of our live event tonight. And uh, if you're listening to this over the weekend, all that stuff already happens. You should go check the Hoffman Show podcast wherever you're listening right now. We'll see you early next week for the Senior Bowl recap and a recap of Dan Quinn's intro presser. For Logan, I'm Craig. See ya. Thanks for listening.